Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Well, there's an alignment, you know, and people people want to compartmentalize the alignment. And the truth of the matter is, is literally being, it sounds cliche, but like being who you are and honoring that and serving yourself is the alignment. And when you start to honor yourself and your, your highest being, then everything in the universe is going to do the same thing because it's you're showing it. This is how I, I, this is what it looks like. This is who I am. It's like you can't meet your mate without being who you are. You can't find that perfect job if you're not like honest about who, what you want to do or who you are. Everything starts with you. And if you are like not serving yourself in that way, the universe is going to send you bullshit. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. First, I would love to just hear how do y'all know each other? How did this how did this magic start to happen? Do you want to tell our conception story, my love? <laughs> um, once upon a time. Um, no, I we were we were pregnant around the same time. And we have uh, one mutual friend and we have no other friends with kids. You know, I think I had I got pregnant when I was like 25. Erica was 26 and none of our friends, either of our friends had kids. And, you know, it was the early part of motherhood. I had seen her on Instagram. I knew we had a mutual friend and I had other friends who had met her, but I hadn't met her. And because it's Instagram, I made a bunch of assumptions. I saw her get like proposed to at her baby shower. I was like, she's doing it right. I was unmarried and having a baby. And she was like, she looks rich. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like. Like Instagram does. Yeah, like Instagram (laughs) does. Tells you lies. And then 
somewhere not very far because we actually grew up in the same part of Los Angeles in the Valley. She had also seen me on Instagram, except I was like poolside with an infant at the Roosevelt. With a- Wait, let me let me <laughs> interrupt here. She was poolside at the Roosevelt Hotel in like a string bikini with a six pack and her maybe three month old daughter on her hip that. holding a glass of champagne. I hate that. I was <laughs> a, like 20,000 months pregnant in my home, obviously a little bit miserable because we all know how that is. And also just battling with like, who the fuck am I right, now? Right. And I'm like, wow, she's really living her life. I kind of hated her because she was really a reflection of everything I didn't think I could be or have anymore. Um, and so I was like, who is she? Who, who the hell does she think she yes, is? Yes. But then I was also like, where is she? <laughs> Um, my friend had actually posted her again and I was like, listen, where, where is this mommy friend of the group that I have never met? Um, and she was like, oh, that's Jamila. We're actually going out tonight. You should come meet up. So I called my mom, dropped my three month old daughter off at her house, which she definitely was like, where are you going? Your daughter's three months. And I was like, I'll be right back. Pumped in the car in front of the bar, went in to go find my future platonic wife, (laughs) um, which was totally out of the ordinary for me, like that, that had not been how I'd ever made friends before, but I was extremely desperate. I felt super isolated, um, as a first time mother with no mommy friends. And so I made it my mission to go in there that night. I knew I had a limited amount of time to go find Jamila. And thankfully she's the kindest, sweetest person ever. And I just <laughs> cornered her in the bathroom and was like, Hey, I heard you have a baby. And she was like, and she, I didn't know that she had seen me before. So she was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, we should have a play date. Um, and so we had a play date like two days later. Which is hilarious. <laughs> with three month olds. Which is right. hilarious. Right. Like, no, no, like that's not a play date. So to be clear, it was a play date for us. <laughs> for you guys. Yeah. And I, I, re- like, I vividly remember going over there and the kids could like barely keep their heads up. But they were like, how's motherhood going? She's like, it's great. I'd love it. I was like, me too. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know, it was pretty surface. But um, I think, and that was, we didn't hang out for like, maybe a year, like maybe one other time, two other times. But, you know, we had mutual friends. And I think maybe like around two, two or three years later, I had broken up with my child's father. And um, I had heard that so so had she. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, not only were the only the moms in the mom group, I'm like, oh, but now she's going through the same shit that I'm going yeah. through. And I was like, I didn't want to, um, I wasn't happy, but kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so I had invited her to, I think my daughter's, third birthday kind of should rekindle our little you know mom love and um you want to tell this part of the story yeah so during that time I obviously had become a single parent really surprisingly my partner decided to have a baby while we were together (laughs) with someone else interesting Um, (laughs) interesting choice yeah it was interesting choice a very shocking choice because I was planning my wedding at the time and so it was really devastating for me and so after I you know cried it out and you know lost 20 pounds in depression, I had joined Tinder because my friends were like, you got to get back out there. I'd been in my relationship for like seven years. Dating had seemed like a such a foreign concept to me at that point. I was I was a wife in my mind, you know, and so I joined Tinder and, you know, I was like, you know what, this is as I started swiping and meeting new people, I was like, you know, this is such a unique opportunity or an exciting opportunity for me to really explore what it is that I really want, like sexually dating. And so I happened to fall upon a married couple and I had was having this experience with them. But again, no mommy friends, no one to really share this experience with feeling very ashamed because I'd never done anything like this before, yeah. but also extremely excited because yeah. it was so 
different for me. And so when she invited me to her daughter's birthday, I remembered that picture of Jamila. And I was like, this is she the mommy. She it. can handle this story. <laughs> I knew it. And so I was excited to go and tell her like, yeah, so I'm single now. And guess what? This is happening. Also, by the way, another, I think, divine moment in our first meeting, which again, I've been like, I don't even know what inspired me to go to this bar and meet a stranger. But again, also knowing when I went to that birthday party, I was going to ask her to start a podcast. And I had been listening to murder mystery podcasts, started to kind of explore single motherhood podcasts. There were really none. And I just felt like there was definitely none that I felt my, I could see myself in. They're all very married and yeah. just scratching the surface of like my experiences that I was actually going through at the right. time. And so I told her, hey, I'm single. Also, I'm, <laughs> I've been seeing this married couple. And she was like, what? I was immediately like, oh, she's more my people than I thought. <laughs> I was like, perfect. <laughs> and then she asked me, do you want to start a podcast? And I was like, um, like, what is that? Like, like a radio show? And she was like, yeah. And I asked her, are you going to tell the story about your couple? Because I only have two modes, on or off. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I, well, I can't get fired. And I was like, well, me either fuck it you know and we and it, for me it was like like someone at school asking you to join the soccer club you know I was just like happy to be doing something with someone I was like this is gonna be fun like I, I didn't know her very well we weren't like close friends but I know we were having similar experiences and this story was just like kind of like uh I felt like we were both in a place in our lives where we were just like literally like fuck it like yeah. we can do whatever we want we've had children we've gone gotten past these breakups kind of and, you know, now we're just going to do whatever we want and tell everybody. And I think... The well, I don't think we knew we were going to tell everybody. Well, we, uh, the, the, I, don't, I didn't think anyone was... I don't know what I thought. I just thought we were going to press record and our friends were going to listen. And that's what we did, you know. I think the first our first episode is just... Uh, it was a test. But then it was an hour and a half. And we're like, you know, let's just put this out. Yeah. And, you know, we left it there for months. And, like, I think in the third month I went and checked the analytics just because for the fuck of it. And I called her and I was like, they said there's 10,000 people listening. Like, do you know 10,000 people? Because I don't. <laughs> and I was like, I think the site is glitching. <laughs> <laughs> but then people started, you know, other moms were like, oh, you know, you smoke cannabis. Oh, you're, you're dating. I thought I, I couldn't, you know, like I'm smoking in my garage right now. And um, it kind of it kind of sparked something that motivated us to continue to tell to be brutally honest. And, um, you know, five years later. There's more moms who make bad choices than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think they're bad choices? Or no. Is it, yeah, it's just no. a, a catchphrase. I mean, even even looking back now, like, you know, for some people, telling a story like that would seem so um, taboo or shameful, especially as a mother, especially as a woman. But, you know, honesty is really what brings, pe like, exposing yourself, being vulnerable is really what brings people together and heals people. And I, um, yeah, I have no regrets. And I think honesty has been such a medicine for us as women, as mothers, as just humans in general. Manifestors. So, yeah. So it's kind of addicting now. Now, yeah. <laughs> How did people at first react? Like, did you have family or anyone who was, do you have people who are super supportive of the honesty at, or people who were like, what do you, what are you doing? It was definitely strangers who were super supportive. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody we knew was like, um, you know, I think I would like bring it back. Brands are not going to do this. Your, your daughters are this or like, you know, it's just, you know, everyone has an opinion. 
And we didn't. We kind of like we stayed true to who we were and we stayed true to, you know, the, our purpose. And our purpose is to just be who we are. Yeah. So I'm grateful that we like I'm like there's many a times we called each other like, I don't think we're going to I think you should do this alone. <laughs> My grandmother told me she didn't take me off the wheel. <laughs> True story. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what's so crazy is that what when friends or family or society or whatever has an issue with your honesty, what they're asking you to do is to not be yourself. Show up, put yourself out there, try and have a brand, try and have a business, try. But just as long as you aren't 100% yourself in this moment, then we'll like you. And so how did you guys figure out that very delicate road to walk or were you just like, fuck well, it? Well, I think that, it all. I think we said fuck it. Yeah. Um, and we've been able to partner with brands that understand our, our voice. I think that there's been, there's been adjustment periods of like, okay, maybe I don't have to share all of these things. Or maybe, you know, we have our Patreon that is exclusive to, you know, our, our tribe that really wants to get into the nitty gritty of our stories that we share there. Honestly, like I, I don't really believe, I don't want to, I feel like our, the gift of us and the gift that we are able to give our audience and they give back to us is, is the honesty is is saying the thing, mm. you know, and I do think I think brands are, you know, growing and getting on board in certain ways. I see like a lot of wellness people in the wellness space as we are talking about these type of things, talking mm-hmm. about these type of experiences and realizing that alternative medicine is extremely healing. We talk about people will admit that they've been addicted to prescription pills and that doesn't stop a brand from partnering with them. You're so right. You know? And so it's like, I've talked about this healing experience I had with nature's medicine and this makes no sense. Exactly. So so I think there's a narrative that's switching. There's still a lot more work to do. And even in the space of, you know, we're moms that smoke weed and we've been very honest about that. And, um, it's a flower. And we talk about this with our children. Like our children, we don't hide our consumption from our kids. They're both eight years old. They've known we've smoked since before. I don't know, like forever pretty much. And because of that, there's no strangeness. Right. They don't care. Right. (laughs) They don't even think twice about it. Well, and you think of like how many kids are like, it's mommy's juice. Like she, you're the same thing. So normalized for moms to drink, 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 to be able to get through it. Um, But then it, I mean, I could get on a soapbox all day about things that are natural that are outlawed and then things that are um, so bad for us that everyone just accepts. Like like everything everything in the world. (laughs) Every process item in the world. Yeah, exactly. I also feel like when you are uh, purpose-driven, like your your road is divinely aligned. And I really think like, you know, us meeting was divine. A lot of the things that we've birthed together are divine and, you know, maybe untraditional. But I also think like as women, when you tell your truth, we're so powerful that our roads open up in front of us. And so when you're supposed to be doing the work and you're supposed to be making changes and you're supposed to be changing people's perspectives and you commit to... You commit to breaking archaic stereotypes, particularly for moms and particularly for women. I feel like spirit kind of says, like, you know, makes people get it. Yeah. And, I, and I think when you are a, a thought leader, when you're a change maker, if everybody likes it, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yes. If a brand isn't saying no. <laughs> if a brand doesn't say <laughs> right, no, then right. you're not doing the right, right thing. Then you're doing what everybody else is doing and something's got to give. Yeah. <laughs> I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. 
And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Did you guys have that? Was that always a part of you growing up? Or is that something you feel like you've evolved to as you've gotten older? I think Mila's probably been the more beat to like riding to the beat of her own drum. I think for me, I, I grew up in LA. I've been an actress most of my life. There's certain boxes that I have. I've always felt they had to fit into um, on top of just like feeling like I had to abide by some sort of expectation of my family, I fell into those traps. And even that it, it really came to be even more so. And what I noticed was when I had my child, I was like, I I would I had always smoked weed prior to that. But the moment I got pregnant, I was like, oh, well, that's going to end. And then I had her and I was like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Like, oh, I can't. 
there, I, I decided I wasn't allowed to do certain things anymore. So that is why, like, when I met Jamila, like, it was really like a, she reminded me of, you can still be a mom and not let these parts of you die. Right. Well, <laughs> it's, well it's such a weird, I mean, I love that you said, um, I think when you were pregnant that you were sort of questioning, like, who am I now? Mm. For some of us, I think that happens when you're pregnant or maybe when you have a three-month-old and sometimes that's like a 10-year-old and you're finally coming back up for air and you're like, what is this life? Mm. What am I doing? For me, I felt that so much, especially in the last 10 years of I sort of bought into all of these ideas of who my family of origin and culture said I was supposed to be. And for the first time, even like going on a retreat to do plant medicine was the wildest thing I have ever, it was so outlandish. And so I know it's, I'm like the babiest country mouse ever. No. It was huge for me. That's a big deal. People it was, don't do that. right. No. Like, but to have experiences and push yourself past who you were before you were pregnant and start to try and redefine, I'm not just any one thing which most of the time moms are put into like, you are a mom and this is what society says that is. How, what did that look like for you guys? Like, how did you, if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm in this. I don't know who the hell I am now that I have this kid. How do you figure that out? I think you have to fight <laughs> ferociously for your life. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think, I think you have to be willing to get uncomfortable and think outside the box and know that, People are going to tell you that you're doing it wrong, but you have to be so committed to your own pleasure and your own peace and your own happiness and exploring what that is and what that looks like at any cost. And sometimes that means telling friends, hey, I know you know this other version of me, this old version, but this is who I am now. And if you don't fuck with it, <laughs> it's cool, but I'm going to I'm going to hit you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've done that. And I've literally had this conversation like right now, I like myself more than I ever have before. And if you don't like this version of me, that's fine. But we can get the kids together sometimes. But for right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back out peacefully. Right. And it's worked for me. And I think it's uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't want to have those conversations or we don't want to look like the mom who had the threesome or the mom who smokes weed or, you know, even for me, like there's certain merch that I won't wear into my daughter's school. <laughs> but then I'm like, I'm a superstar. I'm a fucking rock star. You know, I've always kind of been like a rebel with the cause. And I am the cause because I... God, that's good. That's a good line. That's <laughs> a good line. I am who I am. And, you know, sometimes I've, I've definitely wished I could be different, but I literally cannot. So it's just like, hey, I might be dancing topless at the pool party. I might be, you know... Whatever it may be, it doesn't... Like, you, like, if you are judging me based on these very small parts, portions of me, then that's more a reflection of you than it is to me. Right. And unfortunately, I'm sorry. Oh, unfortunately, women, moms, we've been so tricked into believing that we're supposed to fit into this box a part of the resentment of that is kind of projecting it on each other amen you know what i mean All day. it's like oh you're i'm not having fun so you can't i mean and, and this goes back to this when i saw jamila on the in yes. instagram and yes. i was just like who does she think she is yes. and it was because who 
I didn't think I could be that. Yeah, it's. I just saw this the other day. The idea that jealousy is a signal. Mm-hmm. Like you, it, you would never be jealous of someone who has something you don't want. Mm-hmm. So if you if you feel that that in you, it's a great signal. It's a it's a red flag for you to examine and go, what is it about this person that is experiencing something that I don't have? Like, what is she projecting that I wish I had a piece of? And women, I. I hate to make sweeping generalizations, but we really are so harsh about this, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to how other people parent. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I would. Because ne- even you, I'm like, oh my. I've thought five times since you told the story about you with a glass of champagne. I'm going to show you the picture. Please <laughs> do with the baby. Because I would have thought the same thing. Like, you're allowed to take a baby to the Roosevelt? Like, right. they let. Are, and they just let you have the baby there? Yeah, there was a time. <laughs> all these thoughts I had. All these thoughts I had. There was a time where, like, the, all the staff knew my kid's name. And I was like, huh. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, perfect. Doing it right. That's amazing. I think what we've learned um, through spending a lot of time with women, because we do women's retreats now. So oh, we yeah, do, I saw that on the website. Yeah, the, we have a, another little baby called the Good Vibe Retreat. And so we take not just moms, women. It's just a women's retreat, although there are a lot of mothers that come um, out of the country. So we go to Costa Rica, Mexico, um, and a lot of these women have never been away from their kids ever. Their kids are like 15 years old, some right. of them. Like, Because right. the age range is from, I'd say, like 22 to 60 is the age range of our retreats. And never had to, like, had to make decisions all day long, all the time. Like literally can't relinquish control. And so they come to our retreat and everything's planned for them because that's that's the goal too is to kind of like just lay down the bags and just exist mm. for five days. Yeah. Let us handle everything for you. Like don't ask when the appointment is. You'll get a text. <laughs> Relax, yeah. you know. And a lot of these women have never spent time by themselves to even ask themselves certain questions. And I think that as women, we make a lot, and mothers, we make a lot of excuses. And this is not to, because I think this is a triggering topic for women that don't have a lot of support, right? They're like, well, I can't. I don't have a nanny. I don't have a family. I don't have these things. And it's like, yes, those, all those things are true. But if you really want to dive in and figure out who the fuck you are, you'll figure it out. Just like you figured everything else out as a mother, you will figure it out and your kid will be okay. Especially married people. I always like married people. I'm like, you have a partner in the home. You've obviously, I hope you trust him. Right. Leave him with, the kid might not shower for three days. Right. Oh, well. They will survive. Oh, well. That's the thing is it's like, there are people who have a partner that, thinks that if they're watching their child, they're babysitting. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm babysitting. You're not babysitting, this bitch. Is- like, <laughs> I'm not babysitting when I have these kids. Right. So, but then the other thing is like, it's also mothers especially who are trying to control how that partner shows up with the kid. As long as the kid is alive, I mean, yes, it's going to maybe be it's a mess. It's not going to be your version. It's not going to be pretty, yes. It's not going to be your version. But who you, cares? Yeah. At least you'll be good. Yes, At absolutely. least you're going to go fill your cup and figure it out, and you have to let you have to let it go. Yeah. Because I've I've been that mom as well, too, like wanting to control the the thing, everything. Yeah. Did you watch? Did she take a shower? Yeah. Did she eat? She's not eating. She wants to eat that. Right. You know, like yeah. she has piano class. You miss piano class. Like it's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but you're on a tropical island and like living your best life. So just go have that moment. How did you guys get into doing retreats? Where did that come from? 
honestly, like like I said, our meet, our, like us meeting was divine, and like her telling me that threesome story was divine, <laughs> and like this <laughs> podcast was divine. It was just kind of like, I really do feel like when you start to choose yourself, th- like the universe opens up and conspires in your favor. And um, we went, we got this book deal because we just released a book uh, last week called A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices. Yes. Um, but. You know, that was kind of like divine too. And I was like, I can't believe someone's giving us a book deal, like Harper Collins. Mm-hmm. And I was, and then we made this choice. We're like, we are, we have to go and write this book in two weeks. And <laughs> that was stupid. And then, <laughs> the dumbest <laughs> shit we ever thought. <laughs> but we had this excuse to go away for two weeks. Yes. We're writing a book. We're working. So we can be moms who take two weeks off. Literally, if the book hadn't happened, we would have never taken, given ourselves permission to take a two week break. We literally went on Airbnb, found the most rural places in the deepest of the jungles. And we're like, these are the places we're going to write a book. And when we got there, I literally, I think I remember talking to Erica and being like five days in and being like, it took me five days to start the vacation. I finally feel relaxed. And yeah. I kept telling her, I was like, oh my God, like moms need to do this more often. I was like, it should be mandatory postpartum, like six to 12 months giving the baby to your partner for two weeks minimal and getting the fuck out of there. (laughs) I was like, we need to normalize this. We need to call it like a postpartum moon or something. I was like, I was really adamant, you know, and we're like, we should bring moms here. We should bring women here. And then literally everything opened up that way. We went to another side of the country. I met a friend I hadn't seen in a long time. She was about to go host a retreat on the other side. And she was like, you guys should host a retreat. And I was like, that's so funny. We've been talking about that. And then I sat down next to someone watching the sunset. And she was, I was like, what do you do here? She's like, well, I, I've run retreats for the last 10 years. And I was like, huh. And I literally said, I said, I've been looking for you. Yeah. And that's kind of how everything works out for us. Like literally, I want this. And then the person that you need to help you do it sits next to you. Absolutely. And, and I'm a friendly bitch. So I'm starting conversations <laughs> with everybody. What's your name? What high school did you go to? <laughs> you know, and like we made that decision right then. We booked a ticket to come back before we even left. We had this like money that we had put, you know, got from this book deal that we didn't expect to get. And, yeah. and we and when we got the book deal, she said, this is going to be, it was like our first big check, you know, and, she, and this was like three years ago. And she was like, and I told her, this is not, this is the first of a bunch of big checks. And she said, yeah. And then we decided to start that retreat there. And then the last year we've gone up, we've taken over a hundred women out of the country and cool. done at least six retreats. Oh, rad. And so it really just like blossomed like that for us. And honestly, we couldn't have done, written the book without first doing the retreats. It was almost like, well, you're going to do these retreats with women and be in the trenches with women like you that are not like you, because you need to understand the bro- a broader picture of motherhood, not just your own perspective, but really a broader picture of what this what this looks like, and then you'll write the book. Absolutely. <laughs> then you'll have the tools to go cater yeah. to these women, and you've done enough mushrooms, and you've frolicked around <laughs> naked in the jungle long enough to offer them the gift. Yeah. And, that, and that's really what it is. It's like we curated a, a very unique experience that was like, A, nurturing women so they won't have to make any decisions, and they can just exist so they can figure out what the fuck they like mm-hmm. and use their voice and, and, and you know, rebrand themselves if they so choose, but also just like a bunch of unconventional healing that we mistakenly took on that like, you know, uh, really ignited our healing and our blossoming and then kind of curated that into an itinerary to offer it to other women so they can like take a stance in their identity and in their existence too. Or else, you know, I think, you know, women need permission to take a break. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. 
honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Did you guys grow up with this sort of spirituality that you have, or is this something you've learned over time? Um, you know, my, my dad is a Christian and he's from the South. And so he grew up going to, you know, church every Sunday, Bible study. And then my mom is like one of those is like growing up, we would go to church every blue moon. And I always noticed like something's going on. Yeah. Like mom's not happy. We're going to church. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would always be so random. Like, why do I like she'd be waking me up on Sunday morning randomly? She's like, we're going to church. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> why? What's happening? You know? But, you know, and then I went to Catholic school. But I honestly, you know, I think because me and my father didn't have a very close relationship growing up and I saw him be such a devout Christian and I felt like he was not really – I felt – I saw him sin so much. Like he was – he was a ladies' man. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't yeah. like – it wasn't aligned. Yeah. So I kind of kind of started to reject religion. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I don't I don't get it. And then I went to Catholic school and it further deepened my distrust. Yeah. Um, so at one point I was a self-proclaimed atheist. My mom loved that. Uh, I remember her crying like, you don't believe in Jesus. I was like, girl, you don't talk to me about this man like three times. <laughs> so, but I always, I always did, I think it and innately know that there was a bigger, bigger purpose, a bigger, biggerness. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always felt things. I've seen, I've seen things and spirits, even when I was a child to know that there was something that was bigger. I uh, just, I almost, I was like, I'm a, I'm a witch. I'm a baby witch as a kid. Cause things would just come up or like, I would just get these confirmations of these knowings. Yeah. And a lot of that, I think fed into me then in college kind of exploring different types of religions and belief systems. And then I think with, with, 
within our relationship and our spiritual journey and tapping into the retreats and just having such incredible guests on our show has really broadened and opened up my mind into what is it exactly that I believe in. And it's that the God is in within me, you know, and that I am I am the host. Right. You know, and there yes, there are bigger things that can kind of activate this host within me, but I don't necessarily um believe in I'm not I'm not an organized religion type of gal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I I think I have this unique I have a unique experience cuz my dad told me really young like oh, religion, some man made it up and everybody followed it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I've always kind of like challenged everything. And um, even as a kid, I've like, you know, I had the Ouija boards. I loved the craft. We're also from the Valley where, you know, so it's like, what's your sign? <laughs> you know, I've always like been a self-proclaimed witch. But I do believe that um, even in, I went to Catholic school as well, um, down the street actually. And then, um, but it wasn't until senior year when we got to study like all religions that I was really intrigued by um, just the concept of all paths to God, you you know, like every religion has all the same shit, but they call it different things. Yeah. And a lot of it is rules to scare you and how you're supposed to act or perform. But I do believe with this relationship, um, I really started to see the power of manifesting in community mm -hmm. and um, just the power of women, like our words and just through, you know, speaking honestly, the way we were able to like pull things to us, you know, like just without effort. And I was like, oh, this is some other shit. Yeah, mm. it really is. Yeah. Were there things that you did to uh, deepen that awareness or that practice in your life? I think definitely. I think there came a point where we were speaking things so easily into existence. It was scaring us. Dude, I, I've just experienced, sorry, I got way too excited. <laughs> I just experienced something like this recently where there started to be such synchronicity that I actually felt almost like out of control. <laughs> like I was like, this shit is not and then I I real I feel like I've pulled myself out of it a little bit. I'm like, wait, no, wait, <laughs> just kidding. go back, go back. <laughs> I want it again. But it is, it's it feels almost scary. You're like, this can't be real. How stuff is just well, flowing. Well, it, I feel like also the power, like what I've learned in manifestation is like when you when you say it out loud and you just genuinely believe it, but you don't think about it too much, that's when the when it starts to happen. And I think I think there comes a, a time in every witch's life <laughs> <laughs> where there's so much alignment. That you have, like it's spirit telling you, bitch, yes. you know this is not a coincidence. Yes. Now use your motherfucking power. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was kind of like the spirit like looks you in the face and is like, are you ready? And to this point where sometimes I tell Erica, I'm like, I have an idea, but I'm not going to tell you yet because we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not even talking about it because we don't have time for that. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it, there's this, like when you, it's like coming into your power as a woman and you're like... And yeah. you know that your words are powerful and your existence is powerful and like you own that shit. Like that's when the, the alignment and the magic and like you realize like there is really no limit to how large you can go. Mm. I also just to add to that, I think it's when you stop resisting is when things start to show up. Because do, I, do you have an example of that? Um, you know, like when you're in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in that doesn't serve you and then you finally break up with that person, then everything starts to open up for you. I think yeah. everyone can relate to that. But people sometimes don't always associate the two with like spirituality or energy, but it totally is. It's the frequency that you're inviting yes. in because you've now released 
dead frequency. Yes. It's the spell of, with your words. Like, yes. you know, when you like, have that terrible lover and then you're like, please, God, if I'm not, you, like, you wait to say it to the very last moment because, you know, you, <laughs> if you say it, it's going to be gone in five seconds. You're like, please, God, if this person is not for me, remove him. And then the next day, it's like, it blows up in your face and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I said, give me 90 days notice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that. It's yeah. That. It, it's worth saying, too, for people who haven't considered that before, the energy that you unblock when you end a relationship that you don't even know is there, mm -hmm. like the wit, the sort of anchor that that is or how it holds you back. Well, there's an alignment, you know, and people people want to compartmentalize the alignment. And the truth of the matter is, is literally being, it sounds cliche, but like being who you are and honoring that and serving yourself is the alignment and when you start to honor yourself and your your highest being then everything in the universe is going to do the same thing because it's you're showing it this is how I, I this is what it looks like this is who I am it's like you can't meet your mate without being who you are you can't find that perfect job if you're not like honest about who what you want to do or who you are everything starts with you and if you are like not serving yourself in that way the universe is going to send you bullshit yeah i think that <clears throat> i'm um because we've had been able to in invite and um, call in so many things, I'm hyper aware of how my nervous system reacts to things. And, and I think if you're listening to, you know, this feeling, we just often reject this feeling, our nervous system, our, our, our anxiety, our heartbeat, um, the way we feel when we leave a person is generally like the biggest clue of whether or not you know, it's, it's meant to be, or it should be. And now because we've had so many amazing successes and we've built this incredible community and, you know, we've had all this alignment. I think that, you know, anything that kind of jeopardizes that, even like I've recently leaving a relationship that I know wasn't really fully like the nervous system. I felt it in my nervous system. And it got to the point where I was, I was like, I have to let this go or it's going to start affecting other parts of my life, like my business. Yes. Like I will, my business will suffer. And not yes. even because I'm not going to show up to work or like he's interfering with anything like that. Yeah. It was just the flow of my life has been flowing so fucking fabulously. And I'm going against the flow right now. Yes. Putting a boulder so in the stream. I'm, so I'm yeah. actually like hyperly, I'm almost like terrified about, yeah. about it. And but then sometimes it's like, okay, am I tripping? Like... Sometimes relationships are hard, you know, you got to work through shit. Like sometimes it will be uncomfortable. So, but you generally know what is tolerable, what is a you thing and what is just, this is not, yeah. this isn't working. If someone's listening and they aren't as in touch with their intuition and you talk about this idea of your nervous system, what does that actually feel like for you? <sighs> it's, it literally feels, I hold my breath. A lot of like holding my breath, mm. a lot. I, I, I know that I get tired. I'm tired a lot. Um, I'm just not, there's like a pep in my step that's not there that normally is. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's multiple things. It's also just like random thoughts that pop in my head or of like, something's not right. <laughs> this isn't right. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. It's right. It's right. It's right. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. And it's yeah. like, no, you know. And my friend recently reminded me the other day. She's like, your intuition is pretty spot on. Like, you need to really lead with that and trust that. And I know that. But relationships and just 
not even just relationships, just opportunities that you want to, you don't want to pass up. You don't want, you don't want to be passed up, you know, will, will allow you to kind of bend in ways that you shouldn't bend. Oh, I mean, when it comes to business, it's, I, I, I have asked this question over and over of friends or colleagues of they'll tell you a story like a business deal that went horribly wrong or a relationship that went horribly wrong. And my favorite question is, when did you first know that something wasn't right? Not when did you make a change? Not when did you talk to them for the first time? When did you know? When did you have the first warning sign in your body that this wasn't okay? And almost everyone will be like, Early. 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 So early. early. Like, like, like early. one weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know it. Like, mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> you I'm a little it. more like my, my, uh, what is it? The litmus test is yeah. a little more shaky when it comes to love. I'm still kind of figuring that part out more and more and re- refining that. With inter- personal interactions with people and business, I'm a Scorpio and I'm pretty, I am, I'm very, I'm pretty intuitive ever since I was a child. I'm a pretty good read of people or quick. I'm just like, hmm, yeah. I don't know. I've yeah. been wrong. I've been wrong. But I think generally it's just a knowing. Yeah. It's just a knowing that you just know. It's almost like cellular. Like yes. your your ancestors, your people that have experienced this person before are trying to tell you, girl, we met this yes. man. We met yes. this woman. <laughs> we met this person, this business yes. partner. No, 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 yes. no. Or like, there's a familiarity where you like, oh my God, I know you. Right. Well, and then it's hard. And it, I mean, you guys are, you, the books come out and all this stuff's going and exploding, whatever. It gets so hard because you get these opportunities placed in front of you that you're like, me? You want to give me this check? <laughs> and then you don't, and it you start to lose, you start to shut off the intuition because you're like, no, this is too good of a, I, I have a friend who wrote a book and the book got turned into a movie and it, she was so excited and then it went so wrong. Mm. It was it, like the person who adapted it, every single thing about it went bad. Oh, no. And it was years of her life. And you know, when you write a book, you work so hard. Hers is fiction. So she like created these characters and made up the story. And years later, we're sitting, having dinner, and she's telling me a whole saga of how wrong it went. And I was like, when did you know? And she was like, the first meeting with this person. Mm. I just, something was off. And- I said, well, why did you go through with it? And she's like, because my book was being made into a movie. Mm. Like, it was too big. It was too exciting. And then it ended up going so horribly wrong. And I guess maybe you need one or two of those moments until you start to have the courage to be like, no, if it's for me, it will be for me. And otherwise, I can let this moment pass by. I, you know, I I feel very blessed and lucky because... The, we, I have Jamila, you know, there's, it's not one person like in the room. Although we're both indecisive as fuck. <laughs> but I, you know, I think where, where I may lack, she kind of picks up the slack. And, you know, we talk about this in our book, our platonic marriage and <laughs> partnership. And like when I walk, we walk into the rooms and, and where I'm like hypersensitive and she's like, eh, or like vice versa, we're able to kind of like do the checks and balances, check the boxes. And I'm really grateful for that because when it's all on you by yourself, I mean, and uh, granted, listen, I'm a mom. It's all on me by myself all the time, a single mom at that. So there are choices I have to make alone. But I think what I've learned through through just our relationship in in friendship and in business is that like that's why that's why having strong relationships with personally, I think women is so important to be able to kind of 
lean in on each other and say, hey, is this sound right to you? How does this make you feel? How did that make you feel? So that you, because I think a lot of people think they have to do everything by themselves. They have to figure out everything by themselves. They have to make every decision by themselves in business, in in all the places and spaces. And so I've just gotten really comfortable leaning in to my tribe, as we call them, and saying, hey, should we do this? What do you think? Like even literally asking our audience, like, hey, we have this opportunity. We have a, a really robust Discord community um, where we lean into them and say, hey, like, what do you think about this? Because yeah. what we're building is really important and they are the foundation of it, you know? And so you just don't have to do everything alone. You don't yeah. have to figure it out alone, you know? And even deals, deals. okay, let's have another meeting. I'm gonna bring my litmus test with me. Yeah. <laughs> let's do yeah. one more. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, Jamila, I think you need to be in the room. <laughs> we, we literally made a business decision, like a pretty major business decision yesterday with the pendulum. <laughs> and it's a, a fantastic way to make and a, a decision. And a quarter flip. And yeah. they both were the same. So we're yeah. like, okay, let's move forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I, I had a tarot reading and I was like, okay, well, she pulled the pregnant card. It's time to go. <laughs> and I'm like, which is crazy. But like looking back, I, I was supposed to be a mom because yeah. I wouldn't be here. But like sometimes you have to ask the universe and then welcome the way in which those answers show up. And it may not be um, super typical, but if you ask, you shall receive. Absolutely. Do you guys get words or messages or visions in dreams? Mm, are mm. you like I I got a lot more when I was younger but I still do yeah. I still get messages and I have weird even last night I had a strange dream about like I have a feeling that someone's gonna come back into my life mm. you know you try to, I definitely try to pay attention yeah. to the dreams because they're what's kind of like when we're at, really out of right. control and we're just really allowing, allowing things to come yeah usually when I'm trying to figure something out I'll ask guides like just give it to me in the dreams. Mm -hmm. And it's never to, that's what made me think of it. It's never very clear. It's never like, yes, Rachel, but it'll be something that sort of helps me figure out, or it'll be a person like, oh, it, someone will pop in my head. I'm like, oh, I'll talk to Sarah about this. I just had this happen because I'm trying to find, I'm trying to hire someone. And I went through the proper channels, like put up an ad and do a thing and start interviewing people. And Bless. It's my least favorite thing in the entire <laughs> world. I just, I, I'm not a detail person. So doing a hundred interviews to it's get, like, I don't know one of them. Oh, please. Anybody. <laughs> um, and I was having my sort of, uh, si nervous system reaction to things is I'll have, I'll feel super anxious about something that there should be no anxiety mm, for. Mm. Like all of a sudden out of the blue, my body's like physically reacting. And I had this the other day when I was going through these resumes of just like, this is wrong. And I, last night when I was going to sleep, I just asked for it. Like, would you guys guide me in this? Um, you know, whoever, would you guide me? Like, would you just tell me? And I, it's so wild. I didn't even tell you this yet, Jack. I um, thought of a person that I met years ago. I still like have her on text message who was a manager at a company I really admired. She was a badass and she did all these things. And I thought of this person and I was like, I'm just going to text her and see if she has a good lead. And I was like, hi, I know you haven't heard from me in years, but <laughs> I had the instinct that you might know some great freelance project managers. And she was like, oh my God, all day. Like, here's five people. They're all killers. They'll destroy it for you. Just send them a text. They're ready to go. Send them and, to us too. And I will. I will. <laughs> Whoever you don't hire. <laughs> yes, I will. It's so key. But I was like, oh my. And it, that's the kind of thing that seems so outlandish. Like, why would I reach out to someone I haven't talked to in forever? But it's those sort of instincts that then the synchronicities happen. I don't know if you've read this book, but it's like a it's 
it's like a basic, like I'm sure it's like a high school requirement, but this is like how I feel about life. It's called Celestine Prophecy. Huh. And it's really all about like if you ask, the answers will like just kind of pop up on you. And like if you're talking, if I stop you and I'm like, hey, I got to tell you something. And then somewhere in the restaurant, of, like a, a plate breaks. It's important. Or if you say something, to, if I say something to her and I thought about it earlier or she just brings it up to me, I'm like, okay, this is important. Yes. If I've said something three times and I run into someone who, like I said, I'm like, I want to start a retreat. I've been doing retreats for 10 years. Right. Boom. You know, like I think we bypass those, again, synchronicities and we push them back. But like I am the detailed bitch. I'm like, is that an owl? What does that mean? Look at <laughs> a, is that a grasshopper? 11-11. Yes. Yes. We saw it every day for the past four days. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, I am the same way. Any kind of animal that's like showing up out of the ordinary, I'm like, what, what does this I'm looking mean? it up on Google. What is this animal represent? All day long. <laughs> I do this all day long because I just feel like it's the universe, God, whatever you believe in, it's always talking to us. And if you don't have to buy into every single thing, but yeah, the plate breaks. I, we're, I'm vibing with you guys. Like this is. The, I'm like, oh my God, that was important. Right. That, <laughs> yeah. So, this means something. But and also it, a testament to like you, like you or just anyone like who, if you got that message, someone might say, I can't text her. Yeah. I haven't talked to her in years. Right. Like that would be weird. Right. And then like, you literally pass up. The this, opportunity. Your five number one employees. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yours as well. Right. They're going to mess up for everybody. <laughs> Which is exactly. the thing. It's yes. like you'd be surprised. Being being weird, you might mess it up for the whole team. Right. <laughs> if I had been weird to Erica in the bathroom, like who knows where I'd be? You right. know? Who knows? Like I wouldn't. Like my dream is to be an author and I'm an author off this meet, bathroom meet and this threesome. And like thank God that, you know, we we just walked into the, the avenue of yes <laughs> instead of being weird. And I think yeah. that's the thing is like we've been so conditioned that being weird is human and actually being human is human yeah. saying hi text the person I thought of you even like in stranger like even if I'm in public and I really want to say something to someone or I'm like damn I forgot to compliment her on her dress yeah. it annoys me yeah. because sometimes you really don't know who's you know you might be passing up your best friend yeah. or your future lover or, or whatever it may be but it's just like say the thing who cares like is someone going to be like she's not cool <laughs> who cares <laughs> do you care what people think about you I mean, of course, I'm human in ways, but not really. Yeah. And mostly because, you know, I've pr practiced doing that every week for five years, which has been incredibly powerful. Cool. But also because I realized that I can't please everyone. So I might as well do what the fuck I want. Yeah. Whether that like works for everybody or not, people are going to make assumptions about you either way. So it's just kind of like stand 10 toes down and you, you. <laughs> I think I'm like 80% there. Yeah. 75. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, I'm getting better. I'm getting there's better. still a level of anxiety that I feel. I think especially stepping into this next season of, you know, where we're at and just, you know, we've, we've done like national television appearances and I was like, Oh my God, we're like on such a, this, I mean, we're podcasters, you yeah. know, we like sit in our, sit in our little space and we talk our shit. This is different. Like opening up the world to, you know, judge and, even the book, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, it's so personal. It's so personal. And, like, seeing people, like, just share it on stories. And it's, like, something about print. Yeah. It's well, like, it's forever. Well, it's like, I can go to page 23 and uh -huh. say, you said this. Okay. Right. And whereas a podcast, I'm like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like finding that minute mark. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, there's still a level of um, I don't give a fuck that I would like to achieve. Yeah. that, But I definitely have increased increased it over the last five years in the yeah. space of of really just being honest. Um, but, you know, it, it hasn't come without its challenges and, you know, people not understanding my sort of certain perspectives that we have, you know, even, you know, even in dating, it being a little bit, it can be challenging sometimes for men to 
handle a woman that's really, you know, straightforward about, you know, her, her experiences has really big opinions, strong opinions. And it's been a, definitely a test to like, okay, so how, how much do you believe this? How much are you willing to risk for this belief? Yeah. And so far it's been everything. I'm willing to risk everything wow. because, because of the, I, because of the response and the support that I've gotten from other women and the, and just how I have evolved as a, as a, as a woman and a mother by standing in my truth and my truth right now might not be my truth in 10 years. And that's a thing. And I feel like the internet loves to play Hold this game you. now where they're like, you said 10 years ago, you said you did not like cilantro <laughs> and you're eating it on that pizza <laughs> and we know you're full of shit. It's like, no, I mean, God, I hope that we're evolving so much that I, I, in an old book of mine, I wrote this and I feel like it gets to be my tagline forever that like, if you read another book of mine later, hopefully it's a totally different person. Hopefully, which is real. The most famous book I ever wrote. There's so many parts of that that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't think that anymore because I was married. I was deep inside a patriarchy. I believed a lot of shit I don't anymore. The evolution looks different now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it would be really easy to go, well, back then you told us this. And I'm like, yeah, back then was six years ago. I don't I don't have those beliefs anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not even the same bitch I was three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Like, yeah. I, I shift. I change. And, and we're allowed to do that. Yeah. What is that? Is that like an active practice for you to reinvent? I just, I just, I, I like to submit to the evolution, you know? And I think after I turned 30, I'm almost 35 next month, but after I turned 30, I was just like rapid change, rapid shift, rapid, like just there was rapid things happening and lessons, you know, hard lessons, same lesson, back to back. I'm like, am I dumb? I'm <laughs> doing the same shit over and over. Yeah. And actually I heard a podcast where you said something and I was like, you're right, girl. And it was like... um, Sometimes we make our, we make our lives harder. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like sometimes that's for months, sometimes that's for years. And I mean, and I'm like, yeah, I've done that, you know. And I think sometimes we talk about this in the book is just like mothering ourselves. We are so used to mothering everyone else, nurturing everybody else, picking them picking them up when they fall down. With your kid, if they fail, you know, the math test all year long, you don't leave them. Right. You don't call them dumb. Right. You know, whereas with us, we're like, you're dumb, yeah. you know? And it's just like, no, you're just having, you're just deprogramming and taking it, it's harder and harder, but it doesn't mean that you're not worth the, the getting up and trying and wipe, wiping yourself off and doing it gently. So I just, I think that it's, it, like, it's a practice. Yeah. I heard recently that the universe will keep putting the same lesson in our path, but the lesson's going to get harder every time. <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> so it's like, just figure it out so you don't have to be back here again in six months. Oh my God. That is, that, is I, I, that speaks to me right, right now in my life. Right. Oof. But we've all been there. And yeah. that's why you get, that's why you get sharper. It's like yeah. when, when you're more in tune with your, with your power, you're like, I'm not trying to fuck around with the universe. Cause last time I did that, <laughs> I was in that relationship for two fucking years, right. you know, or I let that guy and his dog move in. <laughs> <laughs> You that know? stupid yeah, dog. And I dog. can't get that fur out the couch for the fucking life I told of me. you not to let I that know. guy move in with that damn dog. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just like, you know, as you get better, it's like, I'm not even going to play myself right. and go down this road. Right. 
God, and we all do it too. We all do. Or have you ever like you're in the pro and you're like, oh fuck, I'm due right now. Oh yeah, I've done it. Like I'm, I'm gonna make a bad decision right, right now. now. I'm like, this is so bad. This I'll is be me. right yeah. back, oh, Erica. Man. I know. I'll be back. Is that like I, I keep tapping or keep hearkening back to the same question of like, when did you develop that or how did you develop that? Because I know developing intuition is something the audience, my audience is really interested in. Mm. And I think for many of them, they feel very disconnected from their bodies. They feel very disconnected from that inner knowing or that wisdom. So are there practices or techniques or habits or rituals that have really helped you to, to like grow that connection? There's one, and I actually share this in my book. Um, and it's about talking out loud without an audience and actually like just recording, you don't have to record it, but sometimes it is nice to hear yourself talk back because you're like, do I actually believe that? Mm -hmm. And I hear my own voice saying this thing. Talking out loud has been obviously transformational for us in our show, but you don't have to have a podcast to talk out loud. Um, so I think that has been one, I think, you know, tapping into your pleasure for us, you know, we have most of our audience are mothers and a lot of them feel disconnected from their bodies as well. And, you know, doing mirror work, looking in the mirror, talking to yourself, it can feel extremely uncomfortable and awkward. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know, my therapist told me to do that and she made me do it in front of her. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate you. Um, but I went home and I did that because I was feeling really out of my body. You know, I didn't uh, after I had my daughter, you know, I gained 70 pounds in pregnancy. And, you know, the aftermath of after you have a child and you still look pregnant and, you know, yes, I was yes. just like, what is this body? Who is this? I don't I hate it. I hate her. What? Like she doesn't deserve to go shopping. She doesn't deserve new clothes. She doesn't she can't go out. You know, like I'll wait. I'll wait. And it got to the point where I was like, I can't keep waiting right. for this. And so, you know, mirror work has been um a big thing. You know, we talk a lot about ma masturbation on our show and like self-pleasure, um, which for a lot of women makes like, women feel uncomfortable. You mm -hmm. might be listening in your car and be like, oh my God, mm -hmm. <laughs> they said it. Jimmy's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the time where you pause and you come yeah. back. But, you know, exploring your sexual pleasure singularly is really important. Yeah. As women, we have put our pleasure in the hands of other people very, very early on. I mean, your first sexual experience a lot of times like you've never even like really explored your body but this person has god you're so right like, i never thought of that you know you're so right we have this exercise in our book too where we ask the women to take a mirror to their vagina and then, you know that is that in itself people are like that's weird and like yeah it is if you've never looked at if you've it never looked yeah. but like guess what charles looked at it <laughs> Didn't, so did Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Remember in high school? They, like, they saw you know? that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do they get to look at it but not the owner? Yes. Like, learn to love yourself. And, like, I think t when you start really, like, getting into your body and just really – there's – a confidence that just exudes yeah. in all areas of your life. And, I, you know, that has been really transformational for me because I was a promiscuous young woman because, I mean, you could talk, you, you can chuck it up to daddy issues. You can check it up to, I was just hypersexual. I don't know, but I did, I left my, I left my pleasure in the hands of other people and it did its number on me, wondering if I was worthy, wondering if I was good at this. What are does it feel good? Is it like, do I feel good? Am I did I even did I even experience any pleasure in that interaction? And so when you start to kind of dive in and understand what it is, what do I like? What does my body react to? I think is just a small, there's so many things to tap into your intuition. But I think as women, like our pleasure is often the last thing on the list. 
Absolutely. And that can be in food, sex, whatever it is, time alone. But yeah, those are that's those are things that I think have helped me tap into my intuition. I also feel like pleasure to experience it requires us to slow down, mm-hmm. to move with intention, to even know what is pleasure for you in the first place. Sexual food, like all of these things that make you feel so good. I it was dying laughing. My daughter's six. And she did that thing that teachers love to do in school for Mother's Day where they fill out the form. Like they ask her about mom and mm-hmm. then she fills it out. And um, one of the questions was uh, mommy's favorite way to relax was <laughs> to lay on a heating pad. <laughs> and my teenage sons were like, oh, she did you dirty though. <laughs> like she told everyone in school. But it is 100%. I was like, no, she knows me. So I love hot I mean obviously this room's a thousand degrees right now but I love heat I think I was a lizard in a past life I want to lay on a hot rock it sounds so stupid but anybody who knows me knows it's the simplest fucking thing in the whole world do you know how easy it is to make me happy (laughs) give me a heating pad (laughs) but like I, I know it's so silly there's a handful of those things that like it's a visceral response in my body, like fuzzy slippers and, and yes, and sex and yes, and like a great glass of wine and chocolate and whatever. But that took me slowing down enough to ask what what brings me joy? What is a simple thing that brings me joy that I can access at any moment so that I can practice self-care? Not on a Sunday, not once a month because that's what I'm supposed to do, but because I'm going to do little things for myself throughout the day because I love me. I know a heating pad was not the no, sexy but No, but it we is, but I think it's a, it's it's really just about activating the senses and yeah. starting there. Like yeah. that's that basic. Like what do you like to – what do you want your house to smell like when yes. you come home? That is like – activating your pleasure what do you want to taste you know every morning what do you want to listen to in the car on your ride home on your ride back from work like it's it's really fine-tuning what those are and asking those questions I think that's a good place to start when you're trying to figure out how how to find your pleasure instead of it being this daunting big thing and you know there's a lot of conversation about self-care and um I was we've talked about this a lot on the show is that a lot of what women do um, and and call self-care is actually aftercare. It's like reacting to something that has been harming you. Yes. So you're now taking care of yourself and putting a Band-Aid over something. Okay, that's that's good. You know, and you're not really, this isn't self-care. You're right. Because that would be more preventative. That would be, what's the morning routine? How are you filling up your cup? What are those rituals that are like giving you life so that you can pour out into the people that matter? Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. And I think sometimes for a lot of women too, like we... Our, we access our pleasure through other people. So if your marriage is good or if your husband is pleasing you or whatever, like you're having sex, but it's like when it's time to touch yourself, you're like, what do I do? You're like, wait, come on, Johnny. Like you figure it out. Yeah. Like, How the fuck is Johnny supposed to figure it out if you haven't even figured it out? Yeah. You know, and I think like even women have like a hard time with nudity and even alone. And it's like, well, if you have a hard time looking at yourself alone, what does that mean? You know, like, is there part? Are there parts of you that you are not acknowledging, like just spiritually, emotionally? Because if that's like, if you're hiding from yourself physically, what does that look like? And I just think like sometimes we rely so much on other people to bring us happiness yes. that we don't really tap in. And like, I'm in tantra school right now. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout out to the authentic school of tantra. <laughs> but 
one of the one of the things is having a pleasure journal and it sounds super super simple and it's like how, have, like how are you like what what was your pleasure scale emotionally sexually sensually like and all these and you're like isn't that the same shit you know and you're like and then it, i sit there and i'm like oh my god do i not know what makes me pleasurable? And it's like sometimes, and this is an example and I won't forget it. And she's like, I was at a resort and I was a little bit cold while I was reading and I wouldn't just ask someone to bring me a blanket because I felt like I was doing, like I was asking for too much. And I was at an eight. I was really happy. I had a visually beautiful setting. I was feeling good, but I was just a little bit cold. And I really hesitated to ask for a blanket or to get up and go get one. And I was like, how often do moms and women do this? I do this shit all the time. Yep. Like even if someone's laying on me and it hurts, I'm like, I'm just gonna let them lay, you know, because it's your kid or because it's your lover. Yeah. But it's like, we are so disconnected from our own pleasure that it's foreign to us. Our voices are foreign to us. And it's like, it really requires um, practice and like noticing like, Hey, you know, and even I had a friend tell me once I wrote about this in the book and he's like, isn't it amazing, darling, that we can move in this life? Like imagine just being a spirit and not being able to touch things and like smell things and how the food tastes. And I was like, he's right. <laughs> this food does taste good. You know, like I can move my body, you know, and it's just like these little things that we take for granted that actually, you know, like I love sitting, I love like sunbathing. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. And it's like so easy, you know, yeah. like just like wear a little bikini and go lay in the sun. Right. And, you know, people will go, 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 go all day and not, not gift yourself with the things that actually bring you pleasure because you're so gung-ho about giving everybody else what makes them happy. Yeah. Probably at the mid-2020 when we were all trying to figure out our lives and what the hell we were doing and we were trapped at home, I got into yoga for the first time. And I was someone who for my entire life, adult life, had been like, this is not for me. It's too slow. I don't like it. I have ended up loving it for a lot of reasons. But one of the side effects I was not anticipating was so much more confidence in my body, not because my body changed, uh, but because I was not wearing a lot of clothes. I was looking in a mirror and I was watching my body do things that I thought were strong. Mm. And just that simple, like there's the line of my breasts, there are my hips. Like I feel like my body, I feel like a woman. I feel like all of these things, right? It really changed weirdly how confident I felt to be naked. I can't remember who just said that. The I had always been, I grew up in a really strict religious home. Mm. And so I had a lot of issues around um, being a good girl and being polite. It was very much a prude. I was the person that, I'm a grown ass woman. I would go to a gym locker room and like go change in the bathroom <laughs> stall. Cause I didn't, what? Like I didn't want other women to see my boobs. It's so weird. <laughs> um, but that I, is just worth saying. Cause I think it was, just this daily practice of looking at my body, of looking at the shape of my body and how it lined up and all those things really helped me. And then having a partner who he is so, he would live naked if he could. He <laughs> just is not, he wears clothes because he has to. And we first started me. dating. <laughs> when we first started dating, and he would just, I would be like, what? We're just, oh, you're just, <laughs> you're there you are. You're still, at, but at, I, he used to laugh. He's European. So he would laugh at me all the time, like, oh, you Americans. It's, it's true. So it's true. Cute. It's like, true. Th this is, and over time, it would be like, now I'm topless. And he'd be like, good. This is great. Look at you go. And slowly but surely, his body confidence and how much he loves his body and then loves my body is what really 
Not that we always have access to a partner who's super body confident. But, but it's contagious. Was, yeah, it really is contagious. And I mean, I think Mila has also helped me with my body confidence. Obviously, if you're watching this, I don't know where you, you stream YouTube. <laughs> You'll see me and Mila are very different body types. Mila's, she's petite, very petite. I'm more curvy. And because I struggled with, you know, weight loss, weight gain, gaining weight in pregnancy. And honestly, like borderline body dysmorphia mm-hmm. most of my life, wanting to model and act as a kid growing up in L.A., I felt insecure. I felt like severely insecure. Although uh, people you meet might be like, you're not insecure. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Mm. But meeting Jamila and just how she was so confident with her body, her nudity, the way she moved made me be like, it almost gave me permission. And when you were talking about the yoga thing, I think, I think, you know, sometimes have you ever noticed, like sometimes you'll work out for like two days and you're like, oh, I'm Oh, I'm better now. I got yeah. like I got a little skin. You bitch, you didn't get skinnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not that fast, but you thought you think you have yeah. because you're just you're con- you're you're slowly connecting back to yes. your body. Whether that's you want on a treadmill for 20 minutes for two days and you feel like, you know, oh my God, I see some definition. And that's crazy. And that's that's really let you know how your mind plays so many tricks on you. Yeah. You can't you can't trust your mind. Yeah. <laughs> not that play tricks. You're not skinny. You can't trust <laughs> I mean not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you can't I mean, well, you can't you, yeah, you just you just have to just you have to connect to yourself in ways that you know, I feel like moving your body is really, really an important one. You don't have to masturbate to connect your body. But you can just go for a walk. You can yeah. go for runs or you can do yoga. But either way, there's a movement that has to happen. Yeah. You're not going to connect to your body sitting at home, reading blogs and listening to podcasts. Yeah. I want you to listen to this and then I want you to go do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Listen so while much. you hike. <laughs> well, and I, I don't know if you guys find this in your audience, but often with the moms in my audience – they struggle to do something for themselves, but they will do something for themselves if they can tie it into the fact that they will be able to better show up for their child. So if nothing else, listening to this at 40 or 30 or 25 or whatever age moms are listening to this conversation, save them time. Save them three decades. Save them the amount of time that it took you to get to this place where you realize there is an issue and you need to do some work to unpack your shit. Don't give that to them. Because I definitely, I remember when I was pregnant for the first time praying that it wasn't a girl. Because I remember thinking, I was 24 when I got pregnant, and I was like, I am not enough of a woman yet to teach someone else how to be a woman. Please let this be a boy. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank God I didn't have that. Like that. I'm glad I was dumb as hell. You were smart. (laughs) You're really thinking, you're really thinking big picture. I was like, I don't know what I was just like, I'm in love. (laughs) I know everything I can teach you the world. Right. Right. I mean, I think that kind of showed up after I had my daughter and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I I saw a meme once that said, I never once, I, I walk around in front of my daughter often because I never once heard my mom praise her body in front of me. Mm. Like naked? Walk yeah. Naked, I, re- I read someone saying, I'm always naked around my daughter because I, when I was a child, I never, I thought, it was, I think it's like, I forgot what it is. I'm not, let me lie about the quote. But it's like, but now I, I'm a lot, I, like I'm aware of it because I, I, I talk kindly to my body and I do it often. So my child knows what it looks like for a woman to love her body. Yes. I do that. I, mean, I don't know if I said that, but honestly, that's. No, it's, it is a post. But I know, <laughs> but I've also, I think I've said that on the podcast though too, because my mom is beautiful. But she's always talked so much shit about her 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 body and her mm. be- and her looks and 
And so, and it was always confusing to me as a child because I looked at her and I was like, You're, "What are you? What is she yeah, talking about?" Love, but then I adopted that. Yeah. I started to adopt that as a, as I got older. My body started to mature, and like you know, you want attention from boys or whatever. And I realized, I, oh my god! And I would talk about, oh, "I'm fat. I feel fat," or this or that. And now with my daughter, it's like. I'm probably extra with it because I want to make sure. And now, and I see it show up because she's really, really confident. (laughs) Um, But sometimes you have to like, kind of like be extreme. And when you have a child, you, it's almost like a state of emergency. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh my God, we got to get it together. Like, oh no, 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 no. At least it should be. At least that's how I feel. And thankfully, you know, the, being able to to have this uh, relationship with Jamila and be able to talk to so many women like you and other women has really, I think, expedited that process mm-hmm. and that understanding of like oh no we have we have got to make sure that these little girls and these little boys understand and get it so they're not in therapy and yes. they're gonna be they might be in therapy we're gonna fuck up our kids that in no a matter totally what. different way than we, we can think. even imagine i always say that way. i'm like yeah. the thing you think it's gonna be it's yeah. not gonna be yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? totally it's gonna be totally different <laughs> how um you said your daughter's confident and that like an alarm went off for me because i have a six-year-old who is extreme this is my daughter extremely strong-willed and loud and doesn't fuck around and has gotten in trouble so much (laughs) her kindergarten year and I have a lot of theories as to why but a big piece of it is she's just a big personality and I'm really struggling with how to have her in a school system that has an idea about how a little girl's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and not wanting to crush that in her because I'll get a note home they're like you know, Noah Noah choked out a boy at recess. <laughs> and I'm like, what'd the boy do? Right. And she's like, well, he was pushing me. And I'm like, well, that tracks. I right. mean, good for you. She has three older brothers. She's not going to mess around. So it, it, having a conflict, like, does she... Does the school love that? Does they sell? Do they celebrate it? Well, my daughter's also a rule follower, so I don't. Oh, I haven't. I haven't yeah, encountered I those things. So it's so funny. That. She's super confident, <laughs> but she's also a rule follower, which drives me crazy because I'm not. Oh, and you're not a rule. follower. No, oh, and okay. so it's a. I mean, I follow certain things that I'm like, I just would rather not deal with this. But for the most part, like even when I'm parking outside in a red to just hop out and pick, like, get something out of the like go to UPS or something, she's like, we cannot park here. <laughs> the police are gonna come. Like she's like literally have a panic attack. I'm like girl yeah it's fine we can't i'm like i said so and i'm like this is gonna be her trauma and therapy my mom making me do illegal shit (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i think i mean i think i mean what your reaction is probably the best thing for her is that Mm -hmm. she gets that um she gets affirmed at home i mean and you know you can always consider her putting her in a different type of school and all those things but inevitably the world is going to do that to her anyway this is almost like training her to, to like really test her and say like, is this who you are? Okay, then be that. Yeah. Because the world is going to tell you you're too much and tell you you're too loud. And my mom is always going to be here to say you're not. And my mom is going to fight anyone around in her space that she has family members who try to like belittle her. Eh, no, I'm curating something really important here. So either you get on board or get out, you know, and that's how you have to kind of have to look at motherhood. Yeah. Like, sorry, like, we're doing this over here. I don't yeah. know what you're doing with your kids, but, you know, but, you know, school is a, is a scary thing. It's funny you mentioned that because it is. It's like you t- you send kids to school and now my daughter's in second grade going on third grade and like you just don't know what other parents are doing and how they're teaching their kids too yep. and how like and you're kind of at the mercy of just hoping you've instilled 
are instilled and continuously instilling these things so that your daughter doesn't succumb to someone else's parenting style that you didn't sign up for. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge reason. It is the reason we're moving back from Austin. Mm. So we, I grew up in Southern California. We moved to Austin five years ago and, and everybody, everybody is that they go to school with looks the same, dresses the same, acts the same, has the same religion. Like it's all the same person. Mm -hmm. And that's also in its own way, I think really dangerous because that's not what life looks like. That's not what the world is. Listen, me and Mila are two black women that grew up in the Valley. I know if you're listening, you might be shocked because everyone always says, you don't sound black. I'm like, I don't know what that sounds. I don't know what that (laughs) means. My experience as a little black girl always being in white spaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, granted there's, there's been access to things that maybe typically I wouldn't have gotten access to. And like, I've been able to dream really big early because of that, because of just being adjacent to privilege. Then there's also been things that have contributed to my lack of confidence, even in my body. Like I've had a very mature, curvy body early going to school with a bunch of other kids that, you know, are, are skinny or like, you know, just haven't come into their womanliness. Not that you have to be black for that to happen, but that was one of the things that I, that, that affected me or like, yeah, just, texture. just not, yeah, not seeing yourself in certain spaces can definitely contributed to my insecurities as an adult. So even my daughter now as a young black child, it was really important for me that she have a diversified school experience yes. because I did not have that yeah. at all. Yeah. And I've, and I've seen part and the confidence that she has is a big part of that is that she sees her teacher right now at her private school is a black woman. Yeah. Her kindergarten teacher was a black woman. She has multiple friends in, in her school. Like the school that she goes to does a really, really good, good job at making sure that diversity is really important. And that was really important to me because I was like, I'm not going to do that to my child. Yes. Oh my God, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> My kid goes to the school that I went to when I was in <laughs> elementary school and there's still only like three black kids there. <laughs> I'm like... 30 years later. <laughs> it's it's so real though. Noah is adopted. She's half black, half white. And she is, every other girl in her class is blonde and mm. does not look like her and doesn't act like her. And the that was also this huge thing is like, she's not going to look around. There's nobody. She has aunties here who understand and get it and whatever but i don't have that in texas she doesn't have anybody that looks like her around her and it's normalizing that vision for her of like this is what it is to Mm -hmm. be the pretty girl this is what it is to be exactly oh my god my my interpretation of what was beautiful was definitely not me Well, well like representation matters and i know people are like you know, like there are people this or there are people that. And I had a thing with my friends, you know, growing up in the Valley, most of my friends growing up were not black. And when I had my daughter, I told them, don't buy my daughter any dolls that don't look like her. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like Mila, you're tripping. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, you may not think it's a big deal because open up any magazine and you see yourself. Look on any billboard, pick up any movie, you're going to see yourself Mm -hmm. and the European standard of beauty. But when you're a child, you are subconsciously, they're so impressionable and their visuals are so prominent. And you already have like the Disney movies and like, and I I, I was almost (laughs) appalled at their obliviousness yeah and I just realized like of course you're oblivious because you've never had to be the minority <laughs> but even for me like I, I I grew I went to predominantly white schools or non-black schools up until 12th grade and then I went to HBCU 
And even I was culture shocked. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> there are so many black people. And I was like, I was like, am I a racist? <laughs> but but then there's also this, like after I got over that, because I was so taken out of my, you know, my environment. Then I was like, guys were talking to me. And I was like, oh, you're talking to me? Oh, you think I'm fine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Me? You know? And so there's just like this, you know, and I've always been really heavily instilled into who I was and like, you know, being black and being beautiful and, and there was a time where I remember the first time I experienced racism in kindergarten and, you know, a, a boy like brought it up to his, and I was like, oh, I'm black. Like, it's this, like, I had to tell my friends, like, there's never been a moment in your childhood where you had to realize you were white. Yes. You know, but like yeah. when you're a, when you're a person of color in a predominantly white space, yeah. there will be a time and a young age and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And it's like, it's never, when you realize that it's rarely like, because it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, you have to take yourself out of your comfort zone to kind of recognize when people are having different experiences in you, especially for, you know, women raising children of color. Mm -hmm. And like, thankfully you're like aware enough to be like, oh, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is yeah. going to fuck this you up. If I don't yeah. get you out of here. Yeah. But it's true. Like what's beautiful, what you read, what you see, how you speak to your child about their hair and about their skin and about how beautiful they are. Yes. Even boys too. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's so, so, so important. And I think that really does start with like, like affirming yourself. Like, yeah. do I feel good? And then I, you can give that gift to your child. And like, even at, our kids are so smart. Kids are so fucking smart. They're like little babies from Jesus. <laughs> literally and sometimes even when I'm not feeling beautiful I'm Luna's like you're breaking out but you're so beautiful mommy <laughs> I'm like I am thank you, you think so you thank know you. or like sometimes I've told her like you know we walk around naked and she had mentioned something to her dad and I, was, I had to tell her I was like listen everybody's not super comfortable being naked and she's like why it's natural I was like I'm so happy she knows this and I was like everyone's just not comfortable in their body babe maybe you don't need to tell Nana we went to the nude beach <laughs> <laughs> I was like just just you know just don't mention it because they're not gonna get it yeah she's like okay yeah. you know what I mean but it's like I'm so I always tell people like as mothers we have this amazing gift to be like raise little Buddhas yeah. or like one less asshole in the world yeah and it's just like even sometimes I'm like get the black doll and she's like mom Everything doesn't have to be black. And I'm like, I know, I know, but she looks like you, yeah. you know? I'm like, yeah. am, I going too, am I going too hard? Like, you know, like this, this constant gauge, but like having a diverse group of friends, you know, and like, yeah, even that we have, is key. we have gay friends. Yeah. We have this. And I remember one time she was little and she was playing with two Barbies and she just looked up, she was like three. She looked up at me. She's like, mom, can two, can two women get married? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know and it was just that easy yeah or I saw we were, ran into a friend he was wearing a dress and she was like why are you wearing that I'm like why are you wearing that because he likes it right wear right. whatever you want let this man wear whatever he wants yes. you know and it's just like these simple little things that we could just like plant seeds of kindness and acceptance you know and then that will go into their confidence like I can wear whatever the fuck I want because my yeah. mom said so yeah <laughs> you know when um, my oldest son came out and we all knew he was, but when he, he like officially came out, I put him in a group text with all of my friends who are queer. And it was the most beautiful, like <sighs> just celebrating the hell out of him. Mm. Like I never would have had this courage at 14. Like we love you so much. It's so amazing. And that he instantly had, I mean, he already, these people were already in his life, but he instantly had this community yes. of older people. Chills. It was amazing. And you said the having friends around you i have um 
one of my best friends lives here and I'm so actually all my best friends live here. Um, <laughs> but one in particular, I'm so excited because she had her son. He'll be two in August. And I, I would come and see him and I would come for his birthdays and whatever, but I haven't been here. And she's pregnant. She's like, girl, I'm like a hundred weeks pregnant right now, <laughs> but she's pregnant with her second son. And I'm like, oh, this baby, like he's going to know me because mm -hmm. Micah doesn't really know me, but this baby's going to know me because I'm here. And we had invited them over to swim when we got the house and my daughter's gorgeous hair, like so curly. And it takes, it's like a 45 minute situation. <laughs> she's getting in the pool to wash Girl, and do and all I the know, like, yeah. thing. It's a it's, commitment. Right. It's Getting a in the pool is you're committing <laughs> to the aftercare yes. of the hair. So I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, afterwards and I was trying to make dinner and I'm doing all the things and I started working on Noah's hair and then I had to go do something else and I came back. I'm on my period so this is going to make me cry. <laughs> I came back and... Um, uh, Rosie's black. So um, I came back in and she was just doing Noah's hair and I was like, oh my... Oh my God, like, uh, oh, okay, I'll tell it's this one. And then she was like, Girl, <laughs> I, I got um, this. Because I, I just don't, to me, I'm like, oh, this is just this thing we figured out and whatever. And she's like, she looked, her son has beautiful curly hair. And she's like, bitch, like, <laughs> we, you think that happens by itself? Right. <laughs> and she just did know his hair. And it's like a mom showing up for another mom, mm -hmm. but also in a way that, Noah's seeing herself reflected in the, it just, it was such a gift. And she's obviously known Noah her whole life, but like we haven't lived in the same town. So we haven't had that like in our life person who's here and you see, and it's, it was just like the most amazing thing. Mm. And if you don't have people in your community, every fucking kind of person in your community, your real life, if you're not the person who's saying hi to everybody and walking down the street and being open to that, you're going to surround yourself with a whole bunch of people who look exactly like you mm. and act exactly like you and think exactly like you. And you're going to be in the same spot 10 years from now doing There's the no same growth. shit. There's no growth. And that, and that, and that, and that affects your children too. Yeah. And like, that's such a gift that you're going to give Noah yeah. and the gift of Rosie and really yeah. seeing herself and your friends. It's so important. Yeah. And, and you need that too. You need yeah. that support as well. Yeah. Cause I think about my mom too. My mom's Mexican and, um, She's Mexican and a bunch of other stuff, but not black. <laughs> and so growing up, like my hair was a thing. I, re I remember I was looking at my, <laughs> I was looking at my, uh, my yearbook and I could see like the progression of like my hair and how it got better yeah. with time. And my mom's only listened to this and be pissed because she's like, I know how to, I knew how to do your hair, Erica. Because <laughs> my mom's a, you know, she's, she's a professional makeup artist and, you know, she, luckily she could tap into her community like yo, what the fuck do I do with yeah. this? She has a dread in the back of her head, <laughs> you know? And being able to lean in on to, to her friends, but it took a, a while for her to kind of figure it out. And yeah. I think she didn't even realize even just the seeing myself and how important that was. She just wanted me to have the best opportunities. So she put me in the best schools that she could and the best, you know, circles that she could. But then there was a level of me, like I remember like I was in private school here, um, a very prestigious private school, very not diverse. Maybe it's changed now, but we had like a, a dance. Like a, we went to like, a, it was an all girls school. So we had to dance somewhere else. And there were boys and there were black boys and they went to like Loyola High School where there was a lot of other black boys. And I like, it wasn't even about the boys. I was just like, hey, 
take my number. <laughs> and I like made friends with these people and I, and I, they've been there with my friends ever since, but I would make my mom and, and she was, she was really supportive. And I was like, mom, I need you to drive me out to LA. Like I was going out to LA every single weekend to go hang out with these people that didn't go to my school because I was like something, I needed that. Yeah. And it's something she didn't even know I, I needed. Right. You know, and I think a lot of parents that have mixed children, they don't think they're not even thinking that broad. They're yeah. just like, well, I've, I've, I have this child and I'm going to give her the best opportunities. And we all know that the best opportunities are given to a certain type of person. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you can still give them the best opportunities and enrich their lives and make sure that they have a connection to their culture and, and people that look like them. Yeah. You have to make an effort though. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk to you guys forever. I know, this is so fun. <laughs> but I'm literally sweating. I'm sweating through <laughs> my clothes because Jackson's system did the AC not be on. <laughs> um, this was amazing. Thank I you. I hope you guys will come back. For sure. Anytime. Anytime. We'll, we'll be my real head. life friends. Yeah, we'll come up, get in that pool. Great. You tell us I mean, twice. right now we, we have eight year old daughters. Yes. Too. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. The book is out. The podcast is like tell listeners where can they find everything? Where can they follow you? Give them all the details. Well, the book is called A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices. And, you know, if you're a mother or thinking about having children or just a woman, like there's a lot of books out there about how to take care of your children, right? How to take care of a toddler, an infant, preteen. We wrote this book for you. It's about how to take care of yourself after you've gone through a major transition. We share a lot of very deeply personal stories. We get really raw, but it's a page turner. But I think that the point is for you to step away with tools and to feel excited and activated to figure out who the fuck you are. Yeah. What am I outside <laughs> of a mother? Like, yeah. I kind of like that other version of myself. How can I get back to that? Or how, what does she look like now after kids? It's really the book I wish I had because I really fell, I fell into the trap. Yeah. So this is to untrap you. <laughs> the book to untrap you. The book to untrap you. Um, and that's available anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, whatever. Um, you can find our podcast, Good Moms, Bad Choices, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you check out our retreat. We actually have a, a retreat coming up in Mexico, um, July 5th and July 12th. We have two different sessions, two different groups um, in Sayulita, Mexico, nice. which is called the magic Pueblo, Pueblo Magico. <laughs> and it's really such a beautiful experience. If you need to be nurtured and taken care of and you need a break, this is your invitation. This is your excuse. This is your sign. It's summertime. Drop the kids off at grandma's or dad's or figure it out. Cool. <laughs> uh, and if you want to see more juicy, uncensored content, you can go to patreon.com backslash goodmomsbadchoices. And Instagram for you guys. Good moms underscore bad choices. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. This is awesome. I appreciate yeah. you. I yeah. really enjoyed this. Oh my too. gosh. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. In a fast-paced world, 
Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.